This is Unmasked. How you doing, man? Good, brother. How are you? I'm doing good. It has been much, much too long yeah. since we've seen each other, since we've talked, since yeah. we've interacted in any sort of capacity. True. I think the last time I saw you was on set of, uh, what was that? Booked on the weekends. Yeah, booked on the weekends. On the weekends yeah. 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 Oh man, that was it. Was that was a good that was a good film. Was, I liked it, it a was, lot. It was. Did you see the finished product? Yeah, yeah. I did, dude. Uh, what did you think of it? Oh, I loved it. So in the beginning, um, I don't know if the, they're actually watching this. Um, there's a couple scenes that the lighting is a tiny bit off. Yeah. With my scenes, like yeah. the background is kind of blown out and stuff. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. That was just because yeah, of the time of day. That. Yeah. Um, and then the audio for a couple of my parts was a tiny bit off too. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, your acting on it was phenomenal. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> like especially towards the end when like the emotional parts yeah, are happening. Yeah. That it was phenomenal. Oh, like, thank you. Thank you. There's not many people I know of that can pull off something of that magnitude or that well. I appreciate um, that. So I have my buddy. John Peen. Is it Peen? Penne. Penne. Okay. Yeah. I was always confused on how to <laughs> Most say that. Most people are. <laughs> John Penne. Yeah. So you are an actor. Yes, sir. You are an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about you. Obviously, I don't really know that much personal stuff about you. I, I yeah. met you a while back um, on my first big project yeah. um, for Speechless, and yeah. you were an extra in that. Yeah. And yeah. I've seen you go from that role to just blowing up yeah man so it's been a journey tell me about like who who are you what do you what all do you do <laughs> uh man um yeah man uh um i'm 28 years old um i'm a dad you know i have a five-year-old son a beautiful girlfriend um go and talk a little bit closer to the mic beautiful beautiful girlfriend and uh so uh, basically, I was born uh, in Africa, Central Africa, in the okay. Congo, a uh, little town called Kalemi. Um, and then we m- moved to Lubumbashi. From there, I moved to Johannesburg, South Africa. Um, went to high school there. Uh, started playing sports, played basketball, and that took me to uh, to Phoenix. So, so from there, I went to to Phoenix, played uh, for South Mountain Community College, played two years of basketball there. Okay, and, so it was basketball uh, that brought you here then. Yeah, basketball and uh, school. To my parents, it's school, but <laughs> but I, I wanted to play ball, so so I came out here, and uh, yeah, since then I've just been um, being a dad. Uh, my my son was born in twenty seventeen, so that was right after I I played my second year, and okay, I, and I had to choose between being a dad or uh, oh. pursuing a scholarship or trying to get a scholarship in a different state, so. Kind of felt like the end of the road for me there. Um, I knew I was gonna be a dad. Like, yeah, I, I was gonna choose that over. over oh, hundred percent. So that that's how I ended up just staying here and uh, became an entrepreneur. Started learning about business, and my girlfriend at the time introduced me to a brother-in-law. Okay. And he introduced me to real estate, and that's how I started making my money. Um, just learning t- tricks and trades, and and finding properties for investors and getting an assignment fee from that and that's how I made my living and then um, in 2021 2022 is when I I started acting like full blast like pushing my, my actual acting career okay yeah and what pushed that initial part of wanting to act like going from basketball 
which in itself can yeah. be a huge career. Like, did you have aspirations for like the NBA oh, yeah. and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I wanted, I wanted to go to the league and I, th- I thought I was, I thought I was decent. Like, yeah, I thought I was decent. And, and with some work, I felt like I could have possibly like if the stars lined up, yeah. <laughs> I could, I could have gotten the shot, but, but that's, that was the dream, man. That was the dream at the time. Um, really? yeah. And, yeah, I was kind of heartbroken when when I, I had to let it go too. You know, yeah. it, was, it was tough, but um, I guess the, that passion was still in me, hmm. like that 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 desire to want to see if I can make it to a certain level where I'm considered to be great right. at something, right? And and I was watching Collateral uh, Beauty. Oh, I love that movie with Will Smith. Oh. Yeah. Amazing movie. Yeah. I love it. It almost made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> I was so close to crying in there. What's your favorite scene? Oh, man. I think it's towards... It's like not in the middle, but not the end. It's right when the realization happens. Yes, yes, That's yes, my favorite yes, scene. Yes. Is just like the realization of everything. That's like when the whole movie is kind of getting pieced together. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, if anyone hasn't seen it, I don't want to give it away. But like just the realization... Of the whole concept yeah. of everything that that was what got me. I was like, "Ooh, the the heartstrings are tugged." I feel you because <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. That's the exact same scene. I was watching that and right in the street when um Will meets Death. Yeah, and they have that scene and and he's been running from dealing with these emotions throughout the whole first half of the film, and then it hits, and then you just feel like everything just comes pouring out and. I was moved by that, man. I was yeah. like, and I, and I love watching films. Like, I just I enjoy watching movies. That's like my go-to thing. Oh, me too. So, when I saw that, I was like, man, that's it. I wanna I wanna do this like, for a living. Like, I'm ready to do this. And okay. That's so how was I that started. that was the movie then that's that made the you scene, decide yeah. to start acting? Yep. yep. Like, <sighs> made me commit to it. Like, I always wanted to do it. I did little things here and there. Okay. But made me commit, like, as an actor wanting to be like a professional full-time actor that was the day so what is your primary golden behind acting because you don't seem like the kind of guy that's in it because you want to be rich and famous and all that kind of stuff yeah i feel like there's another type of like underlying goal or road that you want to chase down with this whole acting thing absolutely like at the core of it um I want to get to a point where I I build a brand that allows me to have relationships to start telling stories on screen hmm. from like the African perspective. Like there's so many Ooh. like like growing up like I used to, I, lo- I love Superman. I love all the superheroes. Yeah, yeah. But not until Black Panther did I see someone that looks like me. Yes. You know absolutely. what I mean? Absolutely. So so that makes a big difference. Like I don't want to make it about like like race or anything but there's just something that happens psychologically when you can re- connect by seeing someone that looks mm-hmm. like you in, in, in a role like Superman or a superhero role. Absolutely. That changes how far you think of yourself. And yes. and that, that that's what I want to be able to do. Because where I come from, I was considered to be the oddball for, mm. for thinking this way, for wanting to pursue acting, for right. wanting to, to play basketball. Everybody goes to school, gets a degree, you become a doctor. My parents expected me to go that route. You know? <laughs> oh boy! So, so it's like, for me, 
wanting to make this normal for for little kids that are like me like that that are growing up in like the dirt of africa and and they watch a superhero and like i want i want to do that yeah I, think I can do that one day you know? so and there's so many beautiful stories in africa about like warriors and and tribes and, and stories like that that the world should see that the world should hear because mm. um they're just beautiful stories that i grew up with so i want the goal ultimately is to get to that point Mm. where I I have built enough of a brand, made enough money and have enough relationships that people are willing to invest in in telling those stories. Okay. Um, and I want to sit in a theater watching those stories the same way I'm excited to watch, you know, Batman. Yeah. You know, Returns uh, or Superman, Man of Steel. Yeah. Like, I want that. I want that. I'll, and if I can do that in my lifetime, then I think I'll be happy. Heck yeah. Yeah. So what was your family and parents reaction when you when this whole thing went down when you came to the states to play basketball became yeah. a father and then decided to start pursuing acting as your full-time career like how did they react brutal man really <laughs> it was brutal but i feel like to like that by the time i chose to do acting i had done so many stressful emotional stressful things to my parents <laughs> that that by that point it was like a soft blow like yeah. <laughs> like they were like mm, okay we don't know where it's gonna go like they weren't right. on board with it but it wasn't as bad as as like me starting out basketball that was worse like when like chasing the basketball career yeah that really because you, you don't understand like outside of a, of america you don't blow up like right you, Basketball is nothing. Like right. the NBA is where the money's at. Right, right. So everywhere else, no one else knows that. <laughs> so my parents were like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna stop school and pursue?" It? They were like, "No." They they hated it. Like I think there was a, there was a point when my uncle, I came back from practice like after school late night, like around seven o'clock. First time I came back around that time. Right. Flipped out, and he was like, "Where were you?" I was like, "I was practicing," and he took my basketball. And he drove a knife through it. No. He drove a knife through it, just cut the ball, threw it down. And he was like, that's what I think of your basketball. Really? Was, man, that, that broke me. Like, I remember that day, man. I was, I was just, I was broken, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that broke me, yeah. <laughs> Dang. But, but that's, that was the first experience of that. And battling my parents back and forth. Right, trying to justify why I, I believe in what I'm doing, why I should pursue it, like that was brutal. I had to, like I had to, like sometimes lie when I was going on tournaments, yeah, and tell them I was going on like a school trip, no, so that I could go and play. That's the only way they would let. And me. did you have like prolonged trips that were like days on end? Yeah. So what would you tell them in those kinds of like? Instances? I'll be like, it's it's like. Uh, luckily for me, there's um, there's like like uh, academic activities that I also got myself involved in in high school. Okay. And it was normal for them to do trips. So I could oh. be like, we're doing a trip with them. And so just like a school function then? School function type of thing. And they'll be like, oh, okay, okay, sounds good. And then I'll go and play ball. And was there like costs associated with playing basketball? Or was it yeah. just... So how did you pay for all that stuff to be in it? I would just save up like whenever I could. Like getting uniforms and stuff like that. Like, like I guess my trick was just telling my dad I needed something like for school oh okay and then I would, I would use the money to pay for whatever I needed to pay like uniforms and stuff like that yeah so when did they finally realize that like did they ever find out about these lies yeah 
Yeah, yeah, they're finding out now. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I, at some point, m- my dad came along and and he wanted to understand why I was so passionate about it. Like mm. for the first time ever, he like sat down. He's like, I want to understand, and that's why I explained to him. And and because I wanted to actually play in the NBA, the best way for me to do that was to get into a school. So I had to get my grades up. So then when he started to see the correlation between me having good grades and playing basketball, he was like, okay. We're gonna let you do it as long as you're getting your grades. So, yeah. So that's how that's how they came along, and and um, I actually came here through through grades instead of a, a scholarship. Really? So I came I came here because I got um, I graduated, did my interview with the embassy. They gave me my visa, and then when I came out here, I started going to different schools, and and basically going to open open gyms until I got picked up. Yeah. You just went to like every gym. I just possible. went to every gym. I went to Glendale Community College. I went to um, I went to South Mountain. I went to Chandler Gilbert, and at some point I joined a prep school. And really, we would just play all the junior colleges in the valley. So would it just be like little club leagues and stuff that yeah. you would join until yeah. finally like a recruiter for one of the college teams yeah. came and was like, "Hey, I want you." Yeah, and I, I got it like straight after playing a game. It was like an exhibition game. That they did like a jamboree that yeah. they had at, at uh, South Mountain Community College, and and I just went off. And then after that, the coach came and was like, "We got a spot for you. You want to come on board?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." And which school is that? That's South Mountain. South Mountain Community College. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. And so that was the last professional team that you were. That's part the last of? one. Yeah. That's wow. the last one. And and that, I think that year they 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 won the re- regional, but we lost in the national. Dang. So. Yeah. So what what do you think was like the huge driving force like with all the backlash and all of like the push and pull of yeah. your parents like going as far as even like destroying your basketball? What do you think was like the driving force to still just continue going? Like where did you just want to be in the NBA that bad or was there like other driving force behind wanting to play basketball so bad that you were willing to go to all these lengths to continue playing? At the core of it it's it comes from like um like from a very young age like i i was surrounded by even my own parents i always had to almost prove my worth hmm. like i was from a very young age i knew i was different from from my brother my brother i have an older brother who's uh, more of like the example child is is about hmm. school is about doing nothing so so he he was he's basically i think he's my parents favorite but but I was I know I was different from that. And the mindset and the way people approach things is just never resonated with me. Right. And being shamed and being denied love and acceptance because I was different in that way, hmm. that that just created a fire in me. It created a fire that made me want to prove wrong. Like to prove that narrative wrong. And and I, I told myself that I would become as I am with what I believe that I have as assets and values, I would make a life that no one that went the academic route could could do, whether it's financial, whether it's how much they impact people with it. Mm-hmm. And and I, I guess that became a source of almost like stubbornness for me. It's like I have a laser focus on that desire. To just be the best? To just be able to prove the narrative that yeah. who I am isn't, isn't worth something because that's what was 
placed upon me from a young age that believing and trusting these instincts that I have mm-hmm. is going to lead me to being a failure and poor and not being able to provide for my family because I wasn't going the traditional route, because right. I wasn't going the school route, because I wasn't doing what everybody else was doing, what the crowd was doing. And that's that's something that I don't know why it's so personal for me, but it's it's really it's really personal. Well, I mean, it has to be that per like in order for us to persist that much, it has yeah. to be more than just a surface level thing. It has to be that kind of personal thing. Especially yeah. when you get that much backlash and push and pull and that much no. Yeah. I feel like it has to be so much more than just a surface level thing. It has to be something that comes from within and something that's just that key in you that's driving you forward. Absolutely. It can't just be like, oh, I just wanted to play basketball. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to get rich. Mm-hmm. It has to be something that's like you're proving something to more than even just other people. You're proving yeah. to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Of all this. Absolutely. So then why basketball? Why why not acting from the start or why not another thing? Like what was it about basketball specifically? See, um, the, the way I got into basketball um, was my uncle just came home. He's like, don't you want to like do something except mm-hmm. coming back home every day. I grew up playing soccer, and that just never felt right. Really? <laughs> yeah, it just never felt right with with my, with my legs and stuff. But with basketball, like I felt like I could I could be good at it. Hmm. I could be good at it. And I remember the first time I showed up to court, um, some of the guys that were already playing there, the senior boys and stuff. Like we started playing, and you know they were trash talking, like <laughs> like they were you know obviously crossing you over and like yeah. making you look stupid. And some part of me was like, you know what? I'm. I actually want to be good enough just to rub it in their face. Like that's the something. I don't know. That's that's how I am. Yeah. Like, there's something about me that likes. Like whenever I get undervalued, I get fired up. Mm, mm, like yes. Like, like if anybody just makes me feel like I'm 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 not good enough for something. Yeah. I'm. I take that so personally that I have to be the best at it, just to get that satisfaction of knowing that you know that. I'm not good at it. Like, it's petty. <laughs> no, I get it. I it's get so it. petty. Bro, I'm the same thing. Like, growing up, I was always the smallest. I was always the shortest. Yeah. I was always the weakest. Yeah. I also grew up as the younger brother. Mm-hmm. And my older brother, I don't want to say he was the example child, but he was the one, like, he was captain of his sports teams and stuff. Yeah. He was the one that all the girls liked. He was. Not a pressure. <laughs> yeah, it was like he was the one that was living this dream life and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I had to live up to, like, I literally remember he came to live with me and my mom for a little while. And so he went to my middle school growing up. Mm-hmm. I'm from this town, not, not here, but like in Flagstaff, I'm yeah. from there. And so I knew, like, everybody there. He was there for literally a week. And that's when, like, I think um, he had to go back to Kingman, where he's from. Okay. And in that one week, towards the end, I was getting on the school bus, and I had four girls come up to me. And I was thinking, yes, this is my chance. I, I'm finally <laughs> popular. They come up to me, hey, where's your brother? Oh, man. I can't tell you how bad that stung. I was <laughs> like, oh, I don't think he's going to be coming back. Um, I think he transferred back home. And they're like the disappointment on their face, and I was just like, what "I'm the here. Fuck? <laughs> like, I'm still here. Hi, how you doing? Like, I know my brother's not here, but um, and so I have that That's same brutal, kind of like man. underdog syndrome, mm-hmm. is what I like to call it. It's where 
you have the underdog feeling and so yeah, yeah. everything like you have the need to want to like prove yourself in every yeah. situation yeah prove that you're not this weak small kid prove yeah. that you have the ability to do what what they can all do yeah that you're not worth less than they are yeah just because your size just because your age or just because of all this other stuff like that was literally what was driving me my entire life absolutely is being picked last for sports stuff because i was small or something Mm -hmm. or having a specific role because of this like if i was in football they were going to have me being the runner Mm -hmm. like i don't really know a whole lot about football but because i had the agility because i grew up in dance because i did this of course i'm not gonna be the guy that's tackling people in the linebacker Mm -hmm. But I can run faster than anyone on the field. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but for me, I was like, well, why can't I do something like a linebacker? And obviously, for physics reasons and for <laughs> obvious reasons, I couldn't. Yeah. But it was just like that factor of like, I can do this too. Just because you can doesn't mean I can't. Exactly. Exactly. And so I definitely get that whole power, not power, but like that whole underdog. Yeah. Feeling. That that yeah. wanting to prove yeah. that you are worth as much if not even more than they're giving you credit for. Yeah, absolutely. And, and at the core of it, it's, it's almost like, um, it's not even about them anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, at the core of it for me, it's become about my own inner critic. Yeah. You know, it's like that voice in my head that, that I'm, I spent 24 hours with that's talking to me and saying, oh, you're not good enough for this. Like, you, you, what, what do you yes. think you're going to do? Like, you think, you think you're, you're going to do that? It's, it's almost proving him wrong. Right, you know, that's who I'm battling. It becomes with. personal like, at that point. That personal because I wanna, I wanna prove to myself that version of myself yeah. that that accepts these narrative that that's not true. Like we, we we're capable. Like we can do that. And and that that fire just makes me want to work harder than everybody else. It makes me want to do things that everybody else is not willing to do, and and, yeah. and take chances and risks that others won't do. Exactly. Get comfortable with that. Yeah. And, and that's that's what made me choose basketball in that moment. And and I tell you, I was I was in I was on that court all the time. Yeah, like all the time. And then just took off from there and started knocking them out one at a time. Yeah, <laughs> no, I've, I've seen honestly some of the biggest underdog stories come from basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, Michael Jordan yep. himself. He was cut from his high school team. Yeah. Anyone else in any other career and stuff would have been like, all right, I guess basketball is just not for me. Mm-hmm. For him, no. He got that, and then he just worked even harder to become the greatest player in history. Yep, yep. Um, I know that there's a lot of other players. I don't really follow too much in sports. Yeah. Uh, um, but there's so many instances like that where, like, look at cut, or they didn't get chosen for a first-round draft pick or mm-hmm. something, or they didn't get chosen for this. And I've seen some of the most discipline come from basketball players. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which players it was, but there were different stories of like being in college and they didn't go to parties or anything. They were like, while you guys are doing this, I have a career to chase. Same. I have a future to chase. Yeah. So they're the ones that were in the gym instead of mm-hmm. going to these parties. They're the ones that are going to bed on time, getting good grades, treating their bodies right and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then later on, that translated into their later lives. Exactly. And I feel like it's kind of an issue ish with me, especially like. My girlfriend sees one part of me that, like, oh, why don't you like to have fun? Why don't you do this? Mm-hmm. And it's something, like, against her or anything like that. And, honey, if you're watching this, there's no shots being taken. <laughs> <laughs> but 
for me because I had that underdog feeling and like I had some time to have fun when I was a kid yeah but it's almost that that FOMO feeling that mm-hmm. feeling of missing out mm-hmm. and I have always had that fear of like if I mess around too much right now I'm not going to be able to get the best of what life has to offer later I have to be willing to sacrifice a little bit more now so that I can take a little bit more later yeah and that was a huge driving force for me as well so I definitely respect the absolute crap out of that because I appreciate that that's a huge thing that I even deal with with like all these times like out of all the entrepreneurs and stuff that I've met and business people that I've met Obviously, they're part of the quote-unquote 1%. Mm-hmm. But part of that is you have to be do, be willing to do what 99% of the population isn't willing to do exactly. to be part of that 1%. Exactly, yeah. In acting, my coach constantly reminds us the fact of in the acting industry, in like the union mm-hmm. thing, only about, I think it was 5% of actors make enough for benefits, which is I think fifteen thousand dollars a year, twenty five thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's a lot of movies that pay well more than fifteen to twenty five thousand per Absolutely. role. Absolutely, yeah. but it's that kind of statistic that almost scares me. To where, but it's also a driving factor. It's like, well, you have to be willing to be better and work harder than five percent of the population, yeah. or at least to be in that five percent. Because if not, if you're working just as hard. Or doing just as much as that 95% of the whole world, that's where you're going to be sitting. Mm-hmm. And that's the driving factor that was instilled in me from a young age. It was like, okay, people normally with 9 to 5 want to wake up, go to work, come home, watch TV, eat yeah. dinner, yeah. maybe do whatever for an hour and then go to bed. They don't want to go home, eat, go to the gym, work until 10 or 11 at Mm -hmm. night and then rinse and repeat that process and obviously the second option isn't as appealing as the first option everyone wants to do that first option because it's the easiest thing you just go to work it feels good yeah exactly versus the other one it teaches more though it Mm -hmm. might not be as fun but it teaches that discipline aspect which is what a lot of people end up lacking and because that discipline aspect is so minute in them they just they don't end up skyrocketing and they end up living this mediocre life I feel like mm-hmm. and then still blaming the rest of the world saying like oh that's just a fantasy life that's yeah. just a fairy tale life that yeah. doesn't actually happen yeah but then it's like when that other person that's kind of a big thing with this whole podcast that I really liked especially like yes I do want to interview some A-list actors and yeah. some huge entrepreneurs and stuff because the life that they present they are obviously part of like the one percent absolutely but yeah. then when you hear about their stories they've also done one percent worthy stuff yeah they're yeah. the ones that were like oh so what did you do like elon musk obviously he's part of the one percent he's yeah. rich as hell but he was also living in his office for the first yeah no, not many people would do that exactly <laughs> like you won't live in your garage or exactly yeah. steve jobs he was doing his own thing building out of his garage yeah. they were willing to do something that the one percent was only willing to do and so yeah. they got results the only one percent of people get yeah that's my philosophy and but i'm also kind of against the whole grind set thing a lot of people are like oh grind set you have to work 22 hours sleep one hour yeah. and then do that and i'm like no we're not robots though you have to take care of yourself you have to be like yes there's a lot of sacrifice that comes with it 
but you have to know how to balance the balance. sacrifice. One hundred percent. Acting, I mean, for me, I balance multiple jobs, and that does get very difficult. Mm-hmm. But for me, I had to learn how to cut things like social life a little bit. Obviously, I'm still a little bit social, but I'm extremely picky on my social life, yeah. on the people I hang out with, people 100%. I give my time to. I'm much more intentional, which has led me, honestly, to an even happier lifestyle. What kind of stuff do you do for like discipline or like that you've... Because obviously, I know you're a very disciplined guy. In order to get to where you're at and for the dedication I see that you have to your craft, you have to be extremely disciplined. How did you learn that discipline? Basketball, like you said. Yeah? Yeah. It was um, basketball. It was basketball. And and the one thing that I'm grateful about that is that now when I look at it, I see why I had to, why I was so into that, you know, because sometimes when you're in the moment, you don't see where it's going, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, God always has a bigger vision, right? The, you know, the full picture. And, and now I see that my, my discipline and work ethic comes from that. Okay. Like, you know, the mindset of doing the hard stuff first. Cause that's that's how that's how I grew up. Like for like it was almost like second nature for me. Right. Uh, doing basketball for almost ten years, ten to twelve years is it's like second nature. Like you get in, you do the suicide first before you get to to pick up a ball. Right. So that that's that's the same mindset that I apply when it comes to like everything else in my life. It's, it's sometimes like you said, it's balance. Like yeah, you know, it's it's about finding that that middle ground where right I'm not being too hard on myself or too hard on the people that I care about or the people that actually invest and in, love me and and also knowing when I I have to you know put my my head down and get to work type of thing that's that's where that discipline comes from for the most part so who do you think taught it to you most because that's the one thing so I know there's a lot of rags to rich stories mm-hmm. and a lot of people are like oh my mom had to work three jobs to support yeah. us and stuff and I'm like well the good thing about that is she taught you what a disciplined person could you think that she wanted to work three jobs to do all this? Yeah. No, she did it because she knew she had to, and yeah. that's the definition of, definition of discipline: is doing something that you know you have to, even though you know, or like, even though you don't want to. Yeah. So, who do you think in your life you learn discipline from the most? Like, I, I would say my dad had, had been that. Like, you never spent time telling me mm-hmm. things like that, but I just watched him do certain things, like. Um, when I was 11, we lost our home, and I saw I saw him go from having money and losing his job in the same week. Wow! Right, and then the house burns down, so now we have nothing. Like all the savings that he had back then, his cash got burned up in the house. So now we move into a lot that my mom had bought, just two bedroom shack, and then watching him build that into um, a house that the whole family lives in till this day. Dang! So. So it, I don't think I got to see the suffering aspect of it, but I, I saw I saw him consistently keeping his head up, going after things. Yeah. But I left my parents when I was 14. 14? So, yeah. Wow. So they sent me to live with my uncle in Johannesburg. So um, when I was there, you know, Kobe, when I started playing basketball, became a very detailed description of that, that mindset. Mm. Like the mam the mamba mindset yeah, type of right, thing. So, right. so if 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 I have to go to someone that really drilled it inside in inside my my head, like I would say that Kobe had, had a big influence on that. But my dad, watching him grind, has always stuck with me. That that's always like I I emulated that. I wanted to be like that for my family. I wanted to be that kind of man. 
that mm. can take nothing and then make it into something like that that I truly respect. So what did your parents do growing up? Like what were their occupations? Uh, my dad was an engineer and uh, my mom, she was an entrepreneur. Uh, so she like just created little businesses here and there. Okay. Yeah. So, and you guys didn't grow up with a lot of money then? No, no. Um, no, I, I wouldn't even say we had a lot of money. I think we had, for the most part, we're below average and then at some point we were mid-level income. Okay. Like, we became like a, like a yeah like a mid-level income family that could yeah that could have nice things yeah yeah so obviously right now you make pretty decent money doing yeah. what you do yeah how has that changed your life from like how is your thoughts and feelings and relationship towards money itself changed from growing up the way that you grew up being either lower class or middle class mm-hmm. to being a lifestyle now to where I'm sure you can afford most things that you want yeah. and you don't probably have to worry about bills now oh know? I do I still do yeah to a certain degree I, I still do it's, I don't know I feel like like I used like the more money you make the more bills <laughs> you <Yeah>. come with <laughs> you know and and to to a point like I, I don't think I have a very healthy relationship with money no where it comes to being smart with it I don't think I'm as smart with my money as I should be um, my spending habits are, are more based on um, impulses rather than stra- strategy and plan. You know, I don't I don't think I budget as well as I should, um, which ends up putting me in positions where I will have a lot of money, but that money will sort of go down, mm. and then I have to work to earn it all back up, and then I don't make best the best decisions with it again. It's like going back down. So um, that's something I'm now learning. Um, yeah, learning how to to make better decisions with my money better investments uh you know savings and things like that like being able to uh, live on 70 percent of my check or 70 percent of my income mm-hmm. uh and then 30 percent um of 10 percent you have to to give back um i believe in the philosophy if you give more come right and then 20 percent you have to make smart investments and then just let that money sit and continue to work for itself so i'm not i'm not as good as i should be at that but at least I'm aware of it and I'm yeah. working towards it now. Um, yeah. What about you? I'm <clears throat> so now with the income that I make now, obviously like this podcast, I don't get anything from I've invested into it, mm-hmm. but this is more of like a future invest, like future ROI. Like, yeah, it'd be cool to make this into a business. I'm not in it specifically for the business, yeah. but obviously people can make money from podcasts, but I've learned from a very young age of how to live extremely frugal. Um, I didn't grow up at all with any money. I mm-hmm. grew up bottom of the food chain, scraping the barrel every chance we could. Um, and I've seen what money can do to people. Yeah. I've personally seen the relationship with money and stuff. And growing up, for me, I've kind of taught myself through other people a better philosophy to have that money isn't the goal money isn't like I'd say towards the end of my teenagehood I had a very disgusting ma- mindset mentality and feeling towards money Wait, what do you mean I want money pretty much controlled my entire life money was everything to me if I had money I had everything I needed all my problems were resolved if I had more money okay it ruined a lot of relationships for me. It ruined a lot of opportunity for me. It just, obviously, 
Um, you know Shark Tank, right? I do, I do. Um, there was one line from Kevin O'Leary that always sticks to me, and that's when he says, like, there was, like, a, a girl that she's on, and she was saying of how much heart and soul and emotion and everything she put into what she did, and she was, like, or his response was, money has no feelings, money has no thoughts, money has no soul. Money does not give a fuck about you. Mm-hmm. Money doesn't care about you. Money doesn't care whose pocket it goes into. Money is just money. It's an object. It's yeah. a tangible thing. It can get replaced. And so I had to go from having my goals and everything surrounding the thought of making money to what do I do with that money? Because obviously there's plenty of extremely wealthy people that are the most unsatisfied, Absolutely. unhappy people in this entire world Yeah. versus other people that don't hardly make anything, but they live the most fun, magical, happy life possible. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I had to break that correlation of money equals happiness. And I had to learn of like, okay, I had to make a plan for myself. I'm like, what would I even do if I had this money? Mm -hmm. Because when I was younger, I had, I I think I told the story before in this podcast, but um, when I was younger, my dad was on disability. And so I ended up getting a fat check in my account because uh, it was a back-end payment from like, 12 years old to 14 years old uh-huh. it was a couple years worth of payments every single month that has got hit in my account and when you give a 16 or 17 year old that much money with no prior financial discipline or literacy yeah. it doesn't equal a very yeah. smart type of thing yeah. and even with that I grew up with parents not having the best outlook on money either my mom she didn't know how to budget that well and this isn't a shout towards you either, mom. Um, but she didn't teach me what financial discipline looked like. Yeah, yeah. And I live with her most of the time. And my dad, like, I didn't get taught what financial discipline, literacy, or well-being looked like mm-hmm. with finances. And I saw the, the fruit of that labor because I literally went through that entire check in 11 months. It was wow. over $30,000 that I blew through in 11 months. Wow. Um, obviously, a lot of it was me spending on her, like buying her all the stuff that she yeah. didn't have when she was a kid. But a lot of it was just, it was just spending left and right, left and right, left yeah. and right, just because yeah. at that time money kind of correlated with happiness for me. Yeah. And but now it's interesting. Like now, I make probably some of the least money I've ever made in my life right now because I'm a barista and a bartender, and I just do oddball jobs here and there. Mm-hmm. But I've also learned how to live below my means in that area to where even if I am making $17,000 a year, I'm able to still make that stretch. I'm able to still do that. And so, I don't know. I have definitely a different relationship when it comes to money now. No, that's that's, that's, that's awesome, too. And I relate to that, too, because um, even when I started doing real estate, that was the first time I started getting, like, huge amount of money Mm -hmm. at, at a time. And um, and I, I I just blew blew through it. Uh, just it's just something about having that much money and and yeah. and you know you grow up seeing other people having it and how much and love and respect it. that they get just because they have money and yeah. and how certain rules are overlooked because someone has money and exactly. it makes you want that because um, you know if you didn't grow up having an environment that's very loving and nurturing and accepting. Um, it affects you, so so I end up spending because I took some sort of satisfaction in the pride that came from knowing that oh okay now 
I have this, right. therefore people will respect me. Because if I look this way, I dress that way, I drive right, that, right. now people have some sort of respect for me. And there's nothing wrong with thinking that way, but uh, like you said, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't serve the soul. Right. You know, at the end of it, you just end up losing people. You know, you end up losing relationships and being in a tough place. Um, but one one thing that I am grateful for um, is is my son being born because mm. um, I I'm a like by nature I think um, I struggle with like unworthiness, right? So that's my at the core of my being. Unworthy how? Unworthiness as in not feeling like I'm good enough to myself. Okay. Not feeling that I have enough worth, and in that sense. Most of my um, my fears and insecurities and everything that that exists in me, like my pride, my ego, all those things come from that small place where right. I feel small inside. And sometimes, like you said, money has been the vehicle that I use to sort of try to fill that void. Mm. And 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 it, to a certain degree, there's there's an aspect of me. I'm very very well aware that is an aspect of me. Even when I approach acting, that wants to be famous. Because I think that maybe that could be. Right. But also, um, why I'm grateful for my son is my son coming into my life at that moment, sort of just before that moment. I was young. I was, I was young, man. I was yeah. playing ball. You know, I was getting attention from women and this and that. So I thought I'm like I'm going places. Right. right. So I sort of carried a certain pride that came with that, a certain ego that came with that. And I identify with uh, the objects that I had. I had a nice car at the time. I used to dress nice, you mm. know, pretty girls, and you get to go to parties. You know, everybody yeah. thinks you're cool because you play ball and you're kind of good at it. You know, all that became my identity. So when my son was born, all of that got stripped, mm. right? So all of that was gone, like, because now you don't live for you. You have to live for someone else, and. Right. You didn't have the nice car anymore. You didn't have the nice apartment anymore. You didn't have all these nice things anymore. You're not making money anymore. Right. Like I was dead broke because I just got out of college and FAFSA used to give me a little bit of bread. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. so now I got nothing and, and I'm being looked to by her, by her family, mm. you know, my, my, my partner and her family, my girl, um, to be a provider. Right. And I'm 20, 23 years old. Wow. I have no idea. I've never done this before. No one has ever shown me the ropes. Right. I've been away from home since I was 14. And all of that gets stripped. And and I was kind of forced to have to to find who I really am without any of those things. Hmm. And and to the best of it, I was able to sort of now be aware. I'm a proud person. There's an aspect of me that's very proud. There's an yeah. aspect of me that um, that's jealous. There's an aspect of me that's envious. There's an aspect right. of me that... Um, petty and and resentful and holds grudges um and all of that is just coming from me not being content with just who i am and how people may perceive it or not yeah like that um is is what my, my son helped me realize and i still struggle with those things to a certain yeah. degree um depending on how well i'm i'm being towards myself if i'm if i'm if I'm holding the promises yeah. and the values that I believe are are true to me, right. if I'm upholding them, like it's it's much easier for me to be content with myself and and not give in to those tendencies. But when I'm not, 
I see myself creeping into those states where you're a little, you feel the jealousy, you feel, yeah. you feel the envious, but but that that that's um, something that I think at the core of it, I've I've come to realize that to a certain degree, everybody is, we're all different, but deep down, we all kind of are the same. Yeah, like we all just want to be loved. Oh, absolutely. At the core of it is. There's there's a being in there that doesn't care about rule, race, religion, or anything. That just wants to feel like their existence, it's okay for them to be here. Mm-hmm. And that they deserve to be loved because they're here the way they are. Right. And and that, to me, is has helped me uh, sort of be okay with how I am and, and where I'm at as far as what I have money or not um and and i start to realize that okay to, uh, let me focus more on the things that i think would make my soul fulfill rather than than just material gain it's nice to have those things oh absolutely just, yeah. I, I won't lie to you like i want to have a nice house i want to have millions and billions of dollars <laughs> i want to you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah. I, I would much rather be uh you know wealthy than than broke i'll, I'll take that any day but but i also want to to be content with myself and what brings that that. like Um, what what is your definition then of contentness and that kind of not success but what is that definition of or what would bring that feeling of contentness or fulfillment i think what would do that is being able to have a life where i can be at peace with how fucked up i am can I can I cut can I cut yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. go for it. Um, be, be at peace with how messed up I am. Mm-hmm. Because I do have certain flaws and I have made mistakes and I have done things that are not good. Right. And being able to be okay and at peace with myself, regardless of what ends up happening to my material mm. things or to my relationships. Having a life where I feel safe within myself. I think that will make me feel content. Safe how? Like safe financially, physically, like safe um, how safe in the sense of being okay with my existence like being 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 at peace if that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense yeah but but safe in the sense of not being afraid of of myself at my worst mm okay if that makes sense because yeah um not being afraid of of being in the dark, in that dark space in myself. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's like the boogeyman in your yeah. own mind. Oh, you know? 100%. Being, 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 being able to, to look at the boogeyman face to face and not not feel like I have to die because of it. So, what parts of yourself then are you most afraid of? Oh, man. I, I'm afraid of... I'm afraid of my... the parts of me that indulge in pleasure. Ooh, yes that's the part of me that I'm most afraid of that's a because, big one because it doesn't have morals it doesn't have a limit it right, doesn't have right. it doesn't stop it's, it's a, it, I feel like it's once once I start going down that road there's always a one more pleasure that you can go into and yeah. and it just keeps getting darker it's like it just it's endless that's a big one that especially within like the last I'd say even like year to year and a half 
part of my discipline or part of my journey to this disciplined life is and that's something it's also something I want to learn with finance is delayed gratification mm-hmm. learning to delay that sense of gratification now yeah like I can go and spend money on going out to eat and go spend money here and there on this or I could save it build it and then spend it later mm-hmm. on something even better or just something along those lines like from a lot of the quote unquote successful people that I've met yeah. that delayed gratification is one of the most powerful things that you can ever get taught yeah. that you can ever teach yourself or that you can ever just be taught by someone else mm-hmm. is that ability to delay that gratification because it could be the demise of you. Yeah. Um, do you need to take that? All right, so I'll give him a call back. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that is a huge thing. It's about, like, uh, I feel like it goes into so many different aspects too, mm-hmm. whether that's finances, whether that's sexuality, yeah. whether that's... Yeah, absolutely. Anything uh, that is pleasurable. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Anything that gives you pleasure in, in that sense, you know. And that could be everything. <laughs> so what is the biggest demise that you have in pleasure? My biggest vice is definitely sexual pleasure. Um, that's my go-to. That um, It's almost like a coping mechanism that I developed from a very young age as a way to feel good when my life is not going well. So whether that is to... Um, digital content or real life content I sometimes use that right. as, a, as, as a way to escape the displeasure of my of my current moment yeah um, and and like at the core of it it comes down to like uh, just not being okay with like it came down to as, as I got old like I started unveiling going back in myself and peeling off layers I started finding out that there's a lot of things that were painful mm. that happened in my in my childhood and being a young kid not knowing how to deal with that kind of pain right um i sort of just buried it somewhere in my in my psyche right like you know i'm not crying anymore so i must be good i don't have to worry about it or i adapted a certain personality trait to not ruffle feathers around me like i give you an example like uh you be you you get to a new school like I get, I get, I got to a new school, and people are like, "Oh, yes, he's a foreigner, whatever." Mm-hmm. Right. So, so now from there, that hurts, and I don't know how to deal with that. So instead, I'm like, "Okay, what are the non-foreigners doing?" Oh, okay, everybody's wearing. Oh, cool, everybody's wearing that. Cool. So I go to the store next day, get it, and I'm like trying to fit in, mm-hmm. but I'm still suffering because that's not who I am. I'm just trying to fit in. You know what I mean? So that pain would still linger in me. Okay. And even when I left that environment or I go somewhere else, it's still in the back of my mind. I was like, why, why won't they accept me? Like, why was I not good enough for them? And that ties into that whole unworthiness thing that I've been carrying since I was a kid. So That's now right. all this pain is like flushing in your mind and, and it builds up and it builds up. And now I'm like, man, I, I, need, I, need, I need to breathe. I need to get away. I need to feel good right now. Right. And then boom. That's how, that's how I end up going there. So, so then it's like, that's, that's my biggest thing. What's yours? I would say finances and sexuality yeah. for me. Um, obviously, growing up with not having a lot of like finances and stuff, when you are finally in control of your own, yeah, 
it is very hard to have a discipline to not be like, you know what, I don't want to cook tonight. I'm just going to go out or I can afford to do this. It's yeah. okay. Yeah. So that is, it's also like laziness. Like money almost creates laziness for me in a way. Yeah. To where, like, being an entrepreneur or being like working for myself, if I have money and I can say like, oh, I can stay home for the day, mm. or I don't have to go to work tonight, or mm. something like that, that's a huge demise for me. Um, and then sexual gratification, sexual desire. Yeah. I was sexually abused when I was a kid. Yeah, I'm sorry and, to hear that. I mean. I've seen good and bad come out of it. Mm -hmm. Obviously, like I've dealt with things like porn addiction and that kind of stuff. I know obviously there's a lot of controversy around watching porn and the porn industry and all that mm -hmm. kind of stuff, but I've personally noticed to myself that something like a porn addiction, it's like a drug. It literally releases the same chemicals in your brain as a drug. Absolutely, yeah. As like a stimulant. Mm -hmm. You release a lot more things like serotonin mm -hmm. and stuff when you're watching all that and it kind of almost numbs you when you do have that sexual relationship or a relationship with anybody yeah. and I've seen that firsthand I've seen that to where like I'll have a partner and we'll do whatever we do I'll still be addicted to watching porn and then our sexual relationship starts to deteriorate because I'm watching these other girls and what they can do and their yeah. bodies and all this kind of stuff and that's training my brain almost to do a fact of like comparison subconsciously like yeah. I hate comparing a woman like that but when you see online of like these women that are doing this other stuff and yeah. it's like oh that looks like it would feel good yeah. why can't my girl do that or something like that and so I've seen the, de the deterioration myself and all that mm -hmm. and obviously like after you're done or whatever your serotonin levels go below baseline and so you feel even shittier than you do initially so yeah. i've had to deal with that addiction specifically very hard especially like in the last little while like i was single for like two years before i met my current girlfriend yeah. and so during that whole time i've had to go through the different battles of that whole area um and then so it's a mixture of i'd say both of those and then right now a lot of it does come from the laziness factor mm. of eight months ago I didn't have a whole lot going on mm -hmm. I was kind of in this feeling of feeling stuck feeling like I needed more I was still in finance yeah. uh, like a year or two ago I was still doing the whole nine-to-five thing and I've always known that I was meant for much more than just a simple nine-to-five life yeah, you know and so having to transition everything I also have severe depression and anxiety and OCD and all this kind mm -hmm. of stuff. I know half the population says they have all that stuff too, but for me, it's, it's on another level. And so a lot of times, if I feel too overwhelmed, a lot of times I get that burnout very quickly. That burnout mm -hmm. can lead to depression attacks mm -hmm. and lead to laziness and stuff. And sometimes all I do want to do is lay in bed for the day, watch TV and do all this kind of stuff. But then the other part of me is like, well, if you're doing that, then, it's working for you. Yeah, yeah. you're you're not yeah. working. You're yeah. not grinding. You're not Absolutely. hustling. You're not doing this other stuff. And you mm -hmm. you want to be this successful icon that you say you want to, but yet you're still in bed being a lazy piece of shit. And there's that whole thing that yeah. is like fight that yeah. fight. It pisses my girlfriend off because she's like, just take care of yourself, do something that you enjoy. And for me, I'm like, I can't though. Like 
what I enjoy is being able to provide a life for somebody else, yeah. being able to serve someone else, or being able to do the stuff that normal people can't do. Yeah. And we were literally just having that conversation actually yesterday with like, what is something fun that you can do for yourself that has no gain, mm-hmm. like financial or physical, like just gain? It's just something that's just happy. And I was like, I literally can't think of anything because my whole life has been centered around that whole building myself up, building my life, building my future, yeah. wealth, body, everything like that. And mm-hmm. so it's like, I can't think of a single thing that's just like a fun, quote unquote, hobby, yeah. you know? And but that's where I think the balance needs to come from is because you need to be able to have those certain outlets. You need to be able because I've seen my mental health personally go up and down like crazy with focusing on work twenty four seven, focusing because yeah. I have three or four different careers right now, and so no matter what I'm doing, I'm always focusing on a career. If I'm not, I'll take some days where it's like a a, a self care day kind of thing. Yeah. Spend some time, meditate, clean. Um, take care of the body and stuff, but that is like my personal time. Yeah. If it's not that, then I'm trying to balance the career. I'm trying to balance still having somewhat of a social life, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that's improved since going through this whole path, but there's still a lot of things I do struggle with myself, and it's learning how to get through that. That has been like the biggest challenge. Yeah. And, but it's actually getting through. Not just thinking you got through it. Not just yeah, like yeah, putting a, a coat level on and saying, oh, this is good. But mm-hmm. actually, like, I started doing therapy a year ago. Nice, Best man. decision I could have ever made. Because yeah. I'm learning so much more about myself now, especially having a traumatic childhood. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, I didn't even know that was affecting me still. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Having stuff like that, that is a huge... The mind, the mind is powerful, man. It's, it's going to hide things. Yeah. Because like, I think the brain is designed to avoid pain. So, oh, 100%. So it, it's fine. It finds interesting ways of like bearing memories and experiences and pain. Oh, yeah. That you you don't even think about it on a day to day basis. And, right. and when you do stuff like therapy, it helps you connect with those aspects of yourself. Uh, and I relate to that too because, like, just recently I was, like, even now it's like I, the, I'm, I'm going, I was home, I'm like, man. I need to be doing something. Like exactly. I need to be. Yeah. I need to get somewhere. It's like I always feel like that, and and I think I think what what I what I've come to realize, and I started giving myself grace as well, is that um, I, I've 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 started believing that I am both. Like I don't think I'm a good or a bad person. Hmm. I think I aspire to be a good person. Right. But I know I'm capable of very bad things if like under the right circumstances i could do some fucked up shit i yeah. know that oh 100 right? but but i know that also being my natural self i'm i'm more inclined to serving others and and having happiness and joy and love and that's my natural pull i'm drawn towards that and mm-hmm. and i just try to live in a way that my good overweights the bad every single day but one thing that i have learned for myself and and at some point, I had decided I'm not going to figure things out based on what others tell me. I'm just going to, like, go within myself, block out every rule, moral, whatever, religion, just stop all of that and just kind of assess who I am and just look at it, just look at it, just face all of it. And that created a lot of, like, anxiety. Mm. Like, I had anxiety attacks and, and it messed me up. I went through a depression where I didn't want to get off my 
my couch for, for months. Mm. I was just sitting there. And my financial life took a toll on that. Uh, my family life took a toll on that, right? But I felt like I needed to do that. Because in doing that, I got to a place where I was like, okay, this is how fucked up I can be. Right. This is my darkness. And I'm going to live with it. Because it's, it's, uh, before that, all I looked for was a pill to get rid of it. Like I was trying to just find a knife that can just cut that piece of me yeah. out so I never have to deal with it again. Right. But then some part of me realized that the, the simple idea of trying to get rid of myself was the very thing that was driving hmm. the need. Like me trying to like get rid of that aspect of me right. was the very thing that was leading me to come right back full circle. So how did you break the circle? Accepted it. Okay. Like I got to a point where I was like, "This is who I am." Because I was also I also went to a child abuse situation, right? Um, and I've rejected that aspect of me because of the connotation that revolves around sexuality and being seen as gay, right? So being able to just accept that that is something that happened to me, that is a part of me who I am I can't hide it right. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna try to get rid of it to, to, to look cool to someone else I'm not gonna try to diminish things about me that are considered as wrong or flawed um, because I want someone to validate me and approve of me or right. I want society to validate me and approve of me and I was just like this is who I I am this is what I've been through these are the things that I've done that I'm proud of that I'm not proud of it's a part of me and and it's okay yeah, and moving forward, I know what happened. I know what it is, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to try to be what I what I always wanted someone to be for me, what I always wanted my mom to be for me, what yes. I always wanted my dad to be for me, right? And I I give my like it almost became a thing with myself where I had to like almost create like a pack with myself where I'm like right. moving forward. This is what I want to do for you. I'm I'm gonna mess up yeah. because I, yeah. I'm so used to to living this other way. Yeah. But I will keep trying, and I will keep I will stay committed to this journey, even if I don't get there. Mm-hmm. But I promise that every single day, if I fuck up, I will try again, and I will make it right. And I will try to be better f- for me than anyone else could have ever been for me. And that has given me peace in the sense that I still like even I struggled with porn as well Mm -hmm. but the difference is that I still do watch porn but I am aware that when I do watch it it's a symptom of something else right like I'm I'm aware that if I'm relying on it right now that means that there is something that I'm running from and yeah. and that brings me back to myself where I'm like I need to go check in with me. Yeah. And I go back and I'm like, okay, what am I running from? And yeah. you, I'm running from the fear that I'm struggling financially. And I don't know if I'm gonna get out of it. Yeah. And and as much as I I I'm I'm not a very religious person. I'm not gonna blow blow up on you, but yeah. But that's where like I've I've found my personal relationship with God, where it's like the fear of the unknown is what. I call my God, my God thinks like, I'm not supposed to know what's going to yeah. happen. Like, I'm going to leave it to the, the man above. I'm going to trust right. him. And that's where my relationship happens there. But but that, I don't always do that. Mm. Sometimes when, when that fear comes up, 
my instinct from from years and years is like we gotta feel good right now. Yeah. But but being gracious to myself and and understanding that I am flawed. I am I am not going to be perfect even if I try there's no way for me to undo the things that have happened to me there's no way for me to undo the hurt that I've caused to people but I recognize it and and moving forward what I choose to do is go the other way as best as I can and and when I do fall short I'll recognize that mm -hmm. and then just try again and that's and, a that's a part that I feel like know. a lot of people get stuck on yeah is they don't realize that it's not a linear line. Mm -hmm. What, no matter what it is. Yeah. But especially when you're fighting your own faults mm -hmm. or fighting your own things like that. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. It's never going to be a linear line. No. It's it's going to be up. You're going to have days where you feel on top of the world with it. Like, yeah. Especially with things like addiction, you're going to have days where you're like, oh, I don't even know why I was addicted in the first place. But then you have other days where like, all I want is this and like that's a huge like I used to be a smoker that was a huge thing with cigarettes still still is like if I'm around too many people that are smoking cigarettes or yeah. vaping or something the urge to want to hey can I take a hit or yeah. hey can I have a cigarette or something mm -hmm. like even my dad he smokes and whenever I'm around him it does still like in my head I'm like oh all I, ha all I have to do is probably ask him for a cigarette but then I'm like I'm failing myself at that point. Yeah. And so like I don't give into it, but it's you're always going to have these downward falls a little bit. You're gonna yeah. have these days to where it's you feel like you're at the end and then even if you do, sometimes you do fall short of it. Sometimes yeah. you do give in. Yeah. But it's that ability to come back up, forgive yourself first, and yeah. be like, you know what? Yeah. I'm a human fucking being. Mm -hmm. I'm not perfect. I fall short. Exactly. It's a human trait. It's a human quality. It's exactly. that ability to forgive yourself and be like, the only thing I can do from here is move forward. The yeah. only thing I can do here is not make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. Learn from it. There's um, another quote that was like, the past is supposed to be a lesson. It's not a prison cell. Yeah. Don't stay in there. Yeah. It's supposed to be a lesson learned for the future, for your future self. As mm -hmm. long as you can learn from your mistakes, mm -hmm. it's okay to make mistakes. Yep. That's a whole thing with like failure and living these successful lives or whatever is mm -hmm. even successful to you is the ability to look at yourself like I have a huge thing with me to where I have to be productive like every single day mm -hmm. if I don't do something productive or if I don't do this I feel like shit yeah and the amount of times that like it'll be like three o'clock and I'm like I didn't do shit today yeah and like I start getting on my ass about it there's, I give myself that five or ten minutes of like kind of beating myself up yeah. a little bit, like you're such a lazy piece of shit, blah blah blah. Do whatever I need to do, but then I'm like, you know what? I can't do anything for the, the time that I did lose today, mm -hmm. but I can move forward and tomorrow make it even better. Mm -hmm. I can move forward and tomorrow make it an even more productive. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I feel like that is a thing that some people just forget to do for themselves mm -hmm. except that human aspect mm -hmm. except that humanity that's still left in them that does have faults that does fall short yeah. sometimes I mean a lot of that has to do with um, the world that we live in yeah like we don't we don't live in a world that encourages that oh, we, we, we live in a world that's picture perfect cut like you have to like from a young age we're taught that we have to fit in right like this is this is how you have to look Mm -hmm. Like you, you, you start to pick up from just watching. 
like when you do this people praise you when you have this people praise you when you yeah. do this you're less likely to get hurt and like to your point it's like at some point in uh, on this path for me it clicked for me where it's like it's just my perspective on things mm, 100% and if i can if i can get to a point where i can understand enough to see my to see whatever it is that i'm dealing with differently it affects me differently yeah and and for me it's like i got to a point where i started to to look at everything that i did that was hurtful to myself i was like i'm not i'm not doing it because I'm, I have a problem. I was like, everything, whether, like, it changed, like, it, it took me to the point, even when I thought about, you know, taking my own life, I was like, I'm not trying to do this because I hate myself. Hmm. It's like, in some twisted way, that is the best way that I try to show myself love in that moment. Wow. Like, I'm suffering so much, and the best way for me to resolve that suffering out of love for myself yeah, is to end it. That's and that oh. flipped my mind because I started to see that even when I'm being, whenever I'm being lazy, whenever I'm, I'm dealing with an addiction, I'm, I'm, it's my way of trying to love myself out of my difficult fear, pain that I'm, that I'm carrying that I don't know how to deal with. Right. So it clicked for me. I was like, all I'm trying to do is love myself. It's just that I was never taught how the to do it the right way. way to do it. Yeah. And once that clicked for me, I started approaching things differently where it's like yes yes John we can but that's not gonna help us mm. like I know you want to love me so almost like I have to teach myself right how to be loving to myself and and that has changed my own inner dialogue and and that has changed how I approach things even with acting mm. like from a previous perspective I'll go like I gotta work harder than everybody else yeah but now when I wake up in the morning, I just tell myself, it's like, I'm, I'm investing right. in myself. So I just got to get myself closer to that moment where I get to play that character that I want. And that sort of takes it away from the comparison. It takes it away from the, pr the pressure of feeling like I need to do better than so-and-so. But then I'll get on Instagram and then I'll see you doing something. I see David yeah. doing something, <laughs> yeah. right? I see Gino is doing something. And I'm like, God, man, I want it here. I want it now. But then that's like, even then, mm. that's me trying to find a way to resolve the fear that I'm afraid that I don't think I'm good enough that it's going to happen for me. Yeah. Right? And and being able to just understand that that is a part of me. Like that that aspect of me that does that yeah. is me. Oh, 100%. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and that's the same aspect that that needs to fill that needs to indulge so yes. so that's what i'm saying that dark side is it was me being able to to accept that yeah like like i'm i am the guy that's gonna be scared when i see everybody else around me doing better and i'm gonna i'm gonna want to fit in i'm gonna want to feel just as good as everyone else yeah and and being able to recognize that in myself makes me go oh, okay now we're good we're it's good. funny we, we're on our own path yeah like everybody else is doing good and be happy for them like now <laughs> now that feeling in me i'm like oh, man, i'm happy for you good for you man. yeah and it's like chill john our turn is coming you'll get you'll get right. yours just focus on what you got to do today you know it's that, funny that you mentioned that thing on instagram because that's a huge thing especially as an actor i feel like a lot of us suffer with yeah but no one mentions it the mm -hmm. fact that like you can go on instagram and i see like yeah 
a bunch of my friends that I've met on set and like acting friends that I have, they're all picking up these huge projects mm-hmm. or just getting to be part of these awesome productions. Yeah. And all I could think of was like, well, why can't I be in it? Yeah. Why, why is why why was not yeah. chosen to be in this production? Yeah. Why like, was there just was there someone that's better than me? Yeah. Was, there, was there just not a part of yeah. for me? Like there, that feeling of envy, like especially in the career that we're in. Yeah. That feeling of envy is such like a magnetic thing it feels it like. is it is and like when i first got into this i thought that was just me i was like oh no one else feels jealous no yeah. one else feels yeah. like this but then the more you talk to people the more it's like no this is a jealousy field this, yeah this whole field is filled yeah. filled with people that are jealous of everybody <laughs> we, we all do it and and to a certain like to your point it's like I have to check myself sometimes because yeah. i know that when i post certain things i'm like i know so and so and so will see it I'm just I'm just trying to let y'all know that you know I I can, I'm still I'm doing something you know yeah. what I mean but I, I have to check myself but also not punishing myself for for, for being that way because right. it's, it's normal it's normal for you to experience that because um, you're human right you know I think I think I think you have more power over it when you can recognize that you do it because then you can you know when you have to stop right you you know that. You're not gonna blame someone else for for where you're at. Like I, I like to, to to recognize, and the reason why I'm speaking it out loud is because um, I think that when I say it, I'm less likely to act on it. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like if I, if I, if I can admit that I am a jealous person, then I can call myself out when I'm yeah, being you're, jealous you're of someone like else. Yeah, you're physically calling yourself out. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of... And I think and I think that 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 keeps me in check and helps me now appreciate what others are doing without letting that jealousy blind me and 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 make 100%. it make it because i think at the end of the day in it's the relationships that's going to get you there oh and absolutely. and and even us sitting here now like i have love for you but there's i also know that there's an aspect of me that wants to compete with you exactly and, yeah. you know what i'm saying so yes. so that i know that exists in me and being able to keep it in check and be like it's, I don't want to compete with you because of you. Right. I want to compete with you because that aspect of me feels small. Yeah. And no, that's, it's the that's same not, thing with me. And that's not because of you. You yeah. didn't do anything to me. Exactly. But it's just where I came from and the things yeah. that I've been carrying with me. And being able to be like, hey, 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 chill, chill. Like, yeah. Like checking it's not. It's not about that. I get it. You're feeling that way right now, but you're feeling this way because we're just not doing what we need to do for ourselves. Oh, 100%. You know what I'm saying? And and. And that's the thing, too, is that the accountability that comes with that mindset changing like when once that's that that switch flipped for me I, I i became very aware that everything that i experience and feel and where i'm gonna end up in my life mm-hmm. is not because of anybody else but me and and knowing that if i don't make peace with myself if i don't become very very aware and comfortable with the destructive aspect of myself even if I'm not aware when they're acting, it's still me. Right. So I can I can blame others because I wasn't aware of the destructive things that I was carrying that I was doing. Yeah. So now that I'm aware of it, I'm able to be like, okay, John, if it's all up to us, then when I'm laying on the bed watching TV, it's like, you need to be working right now. Mm-hmm. But then I have to ask myself, I'm like, well, what what have I what was I supposed to do today? Mm. Have I done what I was supposed to do today? Yes. Do I have more to give? No, I reached my cap. Like that's that's the thing too. Yeah, realizing that, yes, I I can become great one day, but 
but I'm a human being that has a cap. Like I have a willpower cap every day. Mm. And being okay with where that willpower cap is at that stage of my life. And if because of my responsibilities, that willpower means that I can only put out three self-tapes that day, it's okay. (laughs) You know, it's okay to put out those three self-tapes. Even if uh, Alex just put out seven, you know, even if, even if, uh, you know, David just booked the the, the feature film from putting 10, it's okay for me to put out my four today. Right. Because just because I put out four today does not mean that that's all I'm ever going to do. Right. It just means that that's what I could do today and that's okay. That was your energy level for that day. And that's okay. It doesn't mean that's defining who you are. Yeah. But that's, what your body says that's what we can do yeah. today tomorrow we could do more yeah the next day we could do even more exactly exactly but today that's what we're yeah doing. that's what we're doing and and, and and you think about it like you said balance in the beginning yeah like if you go to the gym and you're only going up and you never release like you're not gonna grow right because the growth comes from one rep you have to let go of rest and then you do another rep right so the rest is just as important as the work and i think like social media Creates that unconscious pressure that you have to work twenty four seven. Oh, how is not gonna succeed? You have, that's the only way to win. You have to work for seventy eight hours a week. Yeah, you know. But what what I think even great people will tell you is that they've found the balance between when to rest and when to work. Absolutely. And, or or they set up their life in such a way that them working seventy two hours away a week is not taking away from anything else in their lives. Yeah. And they still have balance. But then they've also had their own sacrifices that they've had to do to yeah. be able to yeah. work that 70 plus hours a week. Yeah. That maybe you wouldn't want to sacrifice. Yeah. Maybe they don't hang out with their family yeah. at all. Yeah. Maybe they don't watch any movies. Maybe yeah. they don't do this. Like that is what they think. So yeah. they, they sacrifice something too. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, and and that can be so many different things. Like for me, it's like my social life. I, I, I don't really have one. Yeah. Like it's, I, yeah. I, like I don't really have like people that reach out to me and say, hey, let's go, let's go to the club or let's go drink beer. Like I almost blame myself for it to a fault where I'm like, you should, you need to have more friends. <laughs> but but it's like I've I've figured out what it is that I value for me. Yeah. And what it is that I'm if 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 I had this in my life, I'd be okay. Right. I f- I found that for me. I took the time to figure out what that is for me. That's awesome. And then I just focus on that. I f- pour my whole life energy into it. Yeah. And it just so happens to be because for me, I I, I left home early. I was always on my own. Yeah. So I'm I'm good. Like I'm good being by myself because I I've grew up that way. Mm. Right. So yeah. If I if I grew up around my family, I I don't think I would trade that. Yeah. I think I would I would value that. I would. Oh, 100%. Prioritize that. But I've been a lone wolf my whole life, so I thrive when I'm alone. Right. So I'm okay with sacrificing friendships. and Not friendships, but I, I have friends. Like relationships in general. But, but like the quality time that, like relationships that take too much yeah. away from the things that I think bring me joy. Right. And and being able to say that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Know? And yeah, that's what works for me. And and I, and I think that is very, very different and unique for every person because I think every person values things differently. Oh, yeah, absolutely, 100%. Is it the same for you? Yeah, no, it's it's a very similar aspect. I mean, I used to be an extremely social person to where I only got to accept myself if other people accepted me too. Mm-hmm. I only was energized or was okay 
or happy when I had the company of others and I've had to take a long time to be able to accept myself or be able to be okay being by myself yeah. and loving being by myself and be willing not to just accept anybody into my friend group or into my inner circle yeah. or into like my social aspect. Yeah. Being able to filter out and be okay with filtering out people like, oh, this person is really nice. I, I like them a lot. They We get along. But they don't have the aspects I want to hang mm -hmm. out with, and yeah. it's, it's not to like judge them or anything like mm -hmm. a negative way. But I mean, the classic saying: "You're the five people you spend the most time with," and for me, that was a huge thing. I'm like, okay, well, yes, I can hang out with this person, but what does their life look like? What is their attributes? What is their desires? Yeah. What do they chase the hardest in life? Yeah. And do I want to be aligned with that? Yeah. Does it add or take away from, yeah. is from it, what you want? Is this person chasing their careers just as hard as I'm chasing my careers? Are yeah. they trying to take care of themselves as hard as I'm trying to take care of myself? Yeah. Or are they just chasing this gratitude? Are they just chasing this happiness feeling? Are they just chasing... And it's not even like, oh, I don't want to be happy. It's are they practicing on truly loving themselves mm -hmm. or are they just doing what feels good in the moment and yeah. they don't give a shit about what goes on and so i've had to take a lot of time to look at the friends that i've had and be like okay which ones are doing this or which yeah. ones yeah. are aligning their lives in a way that's i can either contribute to myself or they can like we can contribute to each other instead Absolutely. of one of us holding the other person back because for me i'm sorry i'm not going to hang out with somebody i feel like that hanging out with you even if like i don't care if we're not at the same level that's not what life is yeah. but if it's to a point to where we're hanging out i don't see the fact i can rub off on you and i can't help you get higher and then you help me or like us helping us both and yeah. instead yeah. it's a relationship of you constantly trying to bring me back mm -hmm. for me i'm like oh, that's not something i'm willing to put energy into yeah and so that whole social aspect because I used to not give a shit about that I used to be the guy that was just like I'll hang out with everybody and anybody if yeah. my day can be surrounded by just constantly hanging out with people all day and stuff awesome but then I was like I'm not building anything though mm -hmm. I'm hanging out with these people and then two years later we're not friends anymore for whatever reason yeah. and like that was yeah. so much time that I wasted with that person and like I don't regret it but it was like I don't know there's also these other people that I could have been hanging out with instead yeah. that now I see they're so much farther. They've built themselves a lot higher. Yeah. And I'm like, if I would have hung out with them instead, who knows where I would be today? And it was kind of like going into that aspect. And I know that, that makes me sound like a judgmental asshole. No, stuff. I mean, I, I, I understand that because I, 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 I looked at it from that lens too. Yeah. Yeah, I've looked at it from that lens too. Um, like there's definitely even in the acting industry there's mm -hmm. a lot of people I see that I'm like you say you're an actor but I don't see the energy or effort or yeah. practice you're putting into it but then I see other people like you are one of the people I see that is taking your craft seriously that does take their life seriously and that's why I've continued to even like talk to you or yeah. try to build a relationship because you're one of the people that I see that it's like priorities are lining up in a way that my priorities line up same and that's something same. i'm like okay awesome that's someone i want to spend more time with versus yeah. other people i'm like you're kind of fucking around at this point you say you want to be an actor but i don't see it yeah you I, i'm not going to judge you but from what i see that's not something i want to be part of yeah no i i, I relate to that 100 because 
once you know where you're going, it, it becomes very evident who you should have around you. Yeah, um, and it affects and anything from friendships yeah. to even romantic relationships. Even romantic relationships, that, like, yeah, absolutely. I've gone absolutely. on dates with or something, and then when we're talking, I'm like, we don't line up. Yeah. I'm sorry, like, it's nothing against you, it's just... I need some like I know almost the kind of person that I would click with or that I would like I need someone that wants this out of me yeah I don't want somebody that's content just living in a little shitty apartment for the rest of our lives and worrying paycheck to paycheck I want yeah. somebody that's like I want this and that's gonna help push me to do better absolutely and I can push them to do better or that mixed with like my girlfriend now she helps me with enjoying life more be more present which is something i have the biggest difficulty with i cannot be present for anything i'm yeah. living in the future 24 7 yeah and so she helps me with an aspect of being present enjoying life having fun but also being an adult taking care of yourself mm -hmm. taking care of others being passionate about yeah. others and so it's like finding that person that can also give you balance to your point balance yeah and, and that's exactly what i was gonna i was gonna touch on when you when you when i heard you say that because like that click in my head that balance is it comes down to balance for everything yeah. just having balance even with relationships being able to to just balance um the relationships because um i think that everybody is is at a different self-awareness point in in their journey right. and and sometimes um there's no, i don't think that for me I, i've i used to approach things from the perspective of like okay this is where i'm going i need to start rallying people around me to make sure that we're all going in the same direction yeah but I, i've really i come to find out that the hardest thing to do is to change someone like it's it's much yeah. easier to let someone be who they are than then try to change them yeah um, into becoming someone that they, they don't want to be um and if you're a social person that's a huge sacrifice letting yeah. go of social if like if not by nature you're just someone that ha that clicks with people and and your energy vibes well with other people then it's 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 a huge sacrifice you know right. it's a huge sacrifice and 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 i think that i think at the core at the core of it is um i've 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 learned about myself that i'm capable of building a relationship with anyone mm -hmm. but i also am aware that in order to give myself the life that I want to have, I won't be able to. Not yes. because of them. Not because of who they are. Because I feel like everybody has something to offer. Oh, 100%. Regardless of what stage they, they're at in, in their journey. Yeah. But it's almost um, a, a selfish thing that I have to decide for myself. Where right. it's like, um, I'm willing to to be friend and be loving, but but it, this is where I'm going, this is where I want to go, and I'm it's okay for me to put that first for myself. Yeah. And and that's that's how I approach it. Where it's um, I don't know. I've I've, I've just come to a place where I try to f to focus more on on me mm -hmm. than than what everybody else does. And and I've I think that that's what helps me have peace that's because true. because then I can let everybody else be themselves. Yeah. And because uh, I I feel like there's a reason why they are the way they are in that moment. Because when I look back on my life. Um, if I was to meet myself when I was younger, I probably like if I if I approach it from that perspective, I probably would would let myself fall. Mm. And I want to be the guy that comes and taps me on the shoulder and says, "Hey, you're good. I love you. Yeah, and I understand where you're at. Um, but you know, just know that there's also this side 
yeah. no defense, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But um, you do you, call me when you need me, I'm going to be on that side of the fence. Right. Right. So, because I feel like it's more likely that you'll be in a world where people are just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not going to talk to him. I don't, I don't mess with him. But, yeah. but I think sometimes like people are, on, are in a certain stage of life just because they're not aware. And, and I've come to realize that the best way to help someone else become the best version of themselves is not tell them, but it's for you to just become the best version of yourself. And I will unconsciously give them permission to do the same. And, and in doing that, I think you may not need to cut people out of your life, yeah. but, but you'll, you'll find that you start to attract like-minded individuals. Absolutely. So, yeah, man. Well, John, I feel like we could talk for hours, for hours on, on end. And I definitely <laughs> appreciate you taking the time to come on today and share this other perspective. Um, it was a lot of fun. Man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, absolutely. Um, yeah, with that being said, I'll let you do your little outro that I told you about <laughs> earlier. All right. My name is John Penny, and I have been unmasked. Awesome. <laughs> Heck, yeah. Well, thanks, man. All I appreciate right. you. Um, and I'm definitely going to have you on in the future so we can oh, absolutely, continue bro. everything. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to see what you do with your career. Yes. And hopefully we're at different stages where we can like be excited and talk about some new stuff. Absolutely. Doing. Absolutely. And that'll be dope. All right, man. Thank you again. Appreciate you. All right. We'll see you guys later. All right. One.